This is Movie Hopping for Thursday, February 21st, 2019. That's Adam Hall. I'm Adam Hall. We have to introduce ourselves now, apparently. That's right. I'm Adam Hall, and you are... Nico. There you go. We're your hosts. I don't have a last name. You have a last name. I I don't have a last name. Were you one of those guys growing up that um, it was always a first and last name with you and your friends? Oh, like, like with you guys with Nick Hill? Yeah. No, no. We I was uh, either Hall or just Adam. Oh, you were Hall. Every once in a while, someone like a it would have to be an upperclassman, like a good upperclassman that I really liked, and right. they would refer to me as Hall. As he shoved you into a locker? No, I got shoved into a locker once. Yo, Hall, the ball. You got shoved into a locker in sixth grade by a bully or by a friend? By one of my best friends. Oh, okay, <laughs> I guess one and the same. So, right? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Wow, Bobby Henley, motherfucker. But wow. yeah, no, he's a he's a good guy. He's 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 uh, got a similar sense of humor, and uh, it's it's uh, cost him a lot of friendships. But <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good guy. <laughs> I got shoved into as a kid a television cabinet. <laughs> it was a very strange thing. My brother and a friend of ours. Locked me in the bottom of it and put a bunch of like books and shit in front of it so I couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. And so I escaped through the back. Yeah. And stepped on a piece of glass Yikes. and completely sliced my foot open. That's happened to me. And I had too. to get some stitches. Mm-hmm. And I think back on moments like that and realize I should really be dead by now. <laughs> because we did a lot of stupid shit as kids. And if like that happened to me now. I'd be talking about it for years and years, but that feels like it's just a cliff note because it happened as a kid. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, it's not even just the stuff that you do. It's the stuff that your friends or your your parents do to you. Yeah. (laughs) In the case of my dad, one time uh, when he was like literally a baby, uh, my grandma, who I never actually ended up knowing, unfortunately, but um, she dropped my dad out of a moving car. What? As a baby, yes. What? On purpose? On accident. Oh. <laughs> she started driving the car, and the door was still open, and my dad fell out as a baby. <laughs> and? And it's perfectly fine. I mean, I mean... I, <laughs> Relatively speaking. I mean, I came from his ball sack, so right. that's not... Can't be that good. <laughs> can't be that good. No, no, no. But we don't know if the nether regions were affected by the fall. We don't... Well... We don't know no, what was affected by the fall. I don't know what it was. Like, he seems fine. It seems perfectly fine. Isn't that crazy? Just, you know, shit happens. You know, you fall from cars. Again, that shit doesn't happen now, though, does it? (laughs) I just feel like I'm never in that compromising of a situation. Mm. Because back then, I was just, it was constant, like, scrapes on my kneecaps. Yeah, me too. Flipping over handlebars. The amount of time I flew right over my (laughs) handlebars and just, like, got, must have been three or four concussions as a child riding my bike. It's crazy. I never had like like uh, severe accidents as a kid though. Like uh, I had other people have crazy accidents. I once, uh, uh, you know how uh, handlebars on bikes uh, have like the brakes on the handles. Sure. Well, um, uh, I I told I never told him which was which. Right. Ah. So he's flying down my driveway, and my dr- driveway is somewhat steep, and um, he hits the brakes for the uh, for the front of the wheel or the front wheel rather. Right. And. Did- and- did a full somersault on the bike. It was actually wow. pretty cool. Like a BMX show. It was great. You know, and he didn't even need to go off a jump. He just did it. Mm. And he was still, he was even still on the bike. It was incredible. See that hill outside my window? 
Yes. Down the road and into the cul-de-sac? Yeah. One time my brother and I were flying down that 30 miles an hour as fast as we could go. We were racing to the bottom. On bikes? On bikes. Until my brother's brakes completely went out. (laughs) (laughs) Completely went out. And it was a matter of stopping the bike with your feet. Mm, Always a fun time. Always a fun time. Good for the glutes. That fucking sucks. <laughs> There's a lot. No, it's funny. It's we're t- incredible. But no, you look back on it, and those seemed like nothing. But if that happened now, I mean, I get one paper cut, and I'm whining about it for a week. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's a kid thing. It's funny we're talking about this, because Abby and I were talking about how when she was really young, her and Maddie used to like sit down on scooters, right? Yep. And go down her driveway. And if you've ever been to her driveway, it's extraordinarily steep. Yeah. And it's right at the end. It's the like the steepness of the Grand Canyon, I would say. Essentially. It just happens to be paved in. Yes. It's, it's like a vertical drop. Yeah. It's a very dangerous driveway. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous And they driveway. went down on scooters? It, yes. Yeah, I did worse, it, but yeah, okay. No, no, no. That, but, that's about but, right. <laughs> but the bottom, the thing is, their bottom of their hill is just a little, basically a main road. I mean, it's not a main road, but but it's, that main but road it's, too is on what we literally call a mountain. Yes, like he, she's literally on a mountaintop. Yes, it's it, she's on a mountaintop, and at the bottom of her road is a road that's incredibly busy with traffic. Right, uh, traffic in a residential neighborhood essentially that's always going by. Yeah, so. It's really the worst place to raise a family. Yeah, it's not great. Good old Metacomet, but yeah, you know, sure. I, I've had my fair share of close close calls there, almost getting sides. No, that's never happened. I'm just never kidding. happened. I feel like it, it's a it's bound to happen pretty soon, though. Now that I say that, I'm yeah. gonna get sideswiped. Yeah. Uh, my brother also had a hole in his head. Oh yeah. After running into a glass table. That sucks. Yeah, we were playing tag. Oh, and we were running around. We had like a condo back in the day, and we went around and around in a circle. The condo was just one loop, essentially. And there was a big glass table with sharp edges in the living room. And we were running and running and running. And then before I knew it, I looked around. Nobody chasing me anymore. That's because Andre had slipped and hit right on the edge of the table above his right eyebrow. If it were two inches lower, he would have lost sight in his eye. Ugh. And it had hit, and he still has the scar to it to this day, where it's like, and I remember that sight so vividly, like a pool of blood on top of his head. Had to get a bunch of stitches. It was terrible. That happens. How did we survive childhood? Is my point. How do any kids survive? Why aren't kids just like dying left and right? Uh, or maybe it's a new thing. I don't know. It's the Lord's goodwill that we yeah, live. That's, guess, what, that's what it point, is. Great point. What you just described, by the way, is in a film called Lost Highway. Except the guy, yeah. di- except the guy dies, and it's uh, it's kind of funny. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> skull trauma. Uh, let's uh, with that get to today's topic on movie hopping. Our annual best picture rundown. It's the Oscar preview show. Yeah. This Sunday is the 91st or 92nd or 93rd something. Uh, 83rd. I don't know. It's uh, the, Academy the, Awards. It's the first Academy Awards ever. Mm. Might be the last. Yeah. There is a chance it could be the last. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am getting to that point where I fucking hope so. Yeah. What is your take on this? We haven't really talked about it that much. I'm I'm still I don't care that they brought back uh, cinematography and editing. The fact that they got rid of it at all 
has sort of made me check out of the Oscars. Yeah. And we've sort of talked about this uh, off mic on, on a couple different occasions, just how brutally offensive that is to anybody who loves film. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And of, of all categories to get rid of, why would you... Oh, my God. It's well, like, it's you like know the, f- the conspiracy, right? What? The conspiracy is that in those four categories, there were no Disney films nominated. Oh, oh, I heard about this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and ABC the- obviously broadcast the Oscars. So sound editing and sound mixing, which Black Panther was nominated for, might still want to be in contention. Animated short had a Pixar short, etc., etc. And cinematography and editing, there were no Disney movies nominated. I don't even. I, I I'll go as far to say that that's not a conspiracy. Yeah, that I, I think it's it's more than coincidental. Yes, if you really look at it, yeah, critically, no one's gonna because you think about it just from a, a PR perspective, they're not gonna get rid of any categories that would nominate something like Black Panther, would they? No, I don't think. No, sure. Yeah, yeah politically and but also I think just in the checkbook, mm-hmm. this is a big commercial for Disney movies. Yep, between Black Panther. The Pixar movies like Incredibles 2, yep. Avengers, I think, is nominated for stuff. Yeah, I know. It is very annoying. It's a weird year. Last year was a weird fucking year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's get into this, though. These are the eight movies that Hollywood has declared are most deserving of the highest prize in film. These are supposed to be the eight best movies of the year. Fucking hell. And we're going to run them down. I'm, I might just go over to the BAFTAs after this, not even bother with the Oscars anymore. It's so funny. This seems even worse than usual. It seems like especially bad. Last year, I remember the Best Picture list being fairly representative of Hollywood. Get Out was nominated. Dunkirk was nominated. Lady Bird, etc. Fairly well-rounded, I thought. Yeah. This year... There's maybe only two or three top ten movies. Everything here is like a sure. Sure, right. <laughs> sure? A couple sures and a couple just what the fucks in my Oh opinion. my god, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And we'll run down each of them and discuss them at length. And many of them we've done podcasts on before, so if you want to check those out, yes. go back in the movie hopping feed. Your nominees are A Star is Born, Roma, Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite... Black Panther, Black Klansman, and Vice. Where should we start today? Well, Green Book's fresh in my my mind. Uh, let's talk about Green Book. Let's do Green Book. You just watched it last just, night. Just watch Green Book. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Really? It was good. Okay. It's good. Okay. Funny. It's good. That you say that. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even, not even remotely close to being a great film. But, you know, you throw it on in the background. It's a fine cable film. I love Viggo Mortensen in this film. I love. Really? Yeah. Love. Really? Lo- That's so interesting because I found him to be totally inconsequential. Loved him. I you thought, loved him in this? Loved, yep. I love Mahershala Ali as well. Uh, why? Walk me through why you like these two so much. I don't care. They're just great characters and they have good chemistry with each other. I like spending time with them. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I learned from them that I didn't already know, but yeah, they're just fun to be around, and that's all I got out of this movie. It's just a fine, fun time. Because I found both of these performances to be, I think, one dimensional is putting it generously. Sure. I feel like both of these guys are just walking archetypes, hmm. and and that annoys me because I've seen these archetypes so many times before. It's like the the pristine polished black man that has some lessons for the white guy 
And then the greasy Guido that doesn't like the blacks and that is tough and might carry a gun. (laughs) And it's just, I get it. Perhaps people were a little more archetypal in 1950 than they are now. I just found the portrayal very annoying. And (laughs) I just feel like I've seen this movie a million times and I didn't need to see it again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I felt I yeah, probably have seen it before. It's a it's a decently uh it's a good looking movie. I like that. Yeah, it's fine I think looking. It, I think it looks nice again. No, it's it's I just find even even if the characters are kind of living cliches, they're just kinda charming. I don't know. They just sort of the work. The script is charming, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part. Absolutely. And I I, I, I like um um oh god, what the Velma, what the fuck is that girl's name? Uh the wife, the actress, Linda Cardellini. Linda, I love Linda Cardellini for her small uh, background performance. Yeah, she's a, good in it. Yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco also pops up. Yeah, he's the comedian who plays, I believe, the brother or his close mm. friend. Yeah, that that whole family dynamic is great. Yeah, you know, I it's like I said, I like the aesthetic with this film as well. It, it's a, the production design is really great, and it just you know it just moves well. It's a very very well paced film. It, it's uh, effective, and yeah, it's like I said, it's a great film just to kind of relax and watch. I don't I don't think it, it doesn't do anything offensive. It doesn't do anything really all that great. Again, aside from I like the dialogue quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those movies that's. Um, I, I I kept getting like hidden figures vibes. Right. But a be- little bit better than that. Oh much no yeah. much better than hidden figures as as far as I'm concerned, honestly. Right. But yeah, it's 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 I guess it's everything I want in hidden figures to be, because it's you know, you know, fairly by the numbers in that way, but at least it's entertaining. So Yeah, Peter Fairley clearly knows how to make a movie like this. Yeah. And he's also um very experienced in the world of comedy. And the movie I think sings when it's being funny and not dramatic i think that's always been the strongest parts is uh, when they're bantering when he throws the litter out of the car oh the whole and, fried chicken scene is yeah, phenomenal yeah i love that yeah it was a little like weird in terms of the the implications of it was i'm not gonna be one of those dudes that that's, <laughs> are we gonna talk about this uh, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, okay, I, I want to put this politically because I'm not want part of the mob that's like this movie is prolonging racism in America. <laughs> I'm not being that dude. Like I think it's a pretty fine, harmless movie that doesn't really push the needle one way or the other in terms of racial politics. But that scene in particular was like, all right, the white guy is. We're laughing at the white guy because he's acting quote unquote black. And we're laughing at the black guy because he's acting, quote unquote, white. Mm -hmm. And I think like that sort of oversimplification of the whole race thing is, I guess, bothersome just because I wanted the movie to be more of a road comedy. Mm -hmm. And I think the further, the more that they tried to say, the less they ended up saying. You you understand what I mean? No, I get that. But I I went into the movie, I felt like I understood what it was immediately. I wasn't... quite expecting the road comedy that you're referring to yeah. it wasn't going to be dumb and dumber or anything like sure. that. sure um but no i there, as far as like over oversimplifying the film i mean it's a it's a pg-13 film yeah and but that doesn't it, it's first, to, that it's doesn't for, mean it has to be dumb though i don't think it's dumb but it's for it's for a, a, a much more i don't know it's for a broader audience than something that would bring in like i don't know intellectuals who are really going to ponder what was going on in certain scenes like that it's but, not the favorite yeah i know <laughs> i mean but you can make the movie 
accessible without talking down to the audience and like oversimplifying the race stuff. That's all. I don't all. know if it. it, it uh, I never got the impression that it was treating the audience like they were like stupid or anything. Okay. I mean, I, I the scene honestly kind of worked for me because I'm just what it ultimately builds to is like I don't really care if if you're if you're insinuating that you know I think you. This is a hard thing to talk about. <laughs> no, let's try it though. Because people are really up in our, and I think that again, that's okay. un, that's uncalled for. Okay. I think like the people killing this movie are are off as well. I think there's yep. a happy medium somewhere. In this scene, essentially, Viggo Mortensen's character is enjoying a, a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, and he makes some insinuations or allusions to the fact that, well, not the fact, but the, he he believes that. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ! No, he thinks Mahershala Ali should enjoy fried chicken because he's because black. he's black. Yes, and he also there's a similar insinuation yeah. when they're playing old R and B music. Yes, and he's talking about how great I I forget it's Chubby Checker or or somebody uh, might have been Little Richard. I little, think Richard. It was little Richard. It was yeah. Little Richard. Yeah. So uh, Vigo was jamming out to Little Richard, and Mahershala had never heard of Little Richard. Yes, and Vigo's like, oh, you should know about this guy i know more about your people than you do mm-hmm. and look i i understand what the movie's trying to say and i don't think that it, the movie is evil by any means and i don't think like you know we should be canceling this quote unquote from hollywood but i do think it goes for it and tries to say a lot about race and then just ends up looking kind of silly it is i think that's silly, the problem yeah. i don't think it's uh there are better people to tell this story, maybe is my point. I suppose, but it has a heart. It does. It does. No, it, it's an effective movie. That's yes, the thing. It is a well-made yeah. movie, no question. Like, that scene for me just builds to, I don't really care if you're black, man. It's just chicken, and it's good. Eat it. Yeah. And something about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, but something about the comedy, though, is not quite that. Mm, fair. You know, because we're laughing at it, and there's got to be a reason why we're laughing at it. And the only reason why you would laugh at it is because there's an inversion of racial stereotypes. Mm. I was laughing at a lot of things, and that's part of it, but it was also just how uh, uh, different those two characters are next to each other, how one's just a slob and the other's just a, you know, a, 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 almost like a prissy guy yeah. trying to stay neat. And then the, the contrast between that is sort of funny with, like, Viggo Mortensen's character. He's got just, like, chicken falling all over him, and uh, uh, Mahershala Ali's like, what the fuck is this? And he's just touching it with his fingertips and whatnot. Right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's good. Your grandma liked this movie. Yeah. Bring your grandmother. It's I'd, a little better than that. It's not. Okay. It's a little better than that. <laughs> like I said, it like bring your grandma to Hidden Figures. So let's. <laughs> I, I want to play a game. Now yeah. that you mentioned it, yeah, we're gonna go through each of these nominees. The final question: Does it deserve to be on this list? Green Book. No, I agree. No. So strike it from the record. And here's what we should do at the end: is assemble the list of Best Picture nominees that we would have assembled. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Green Book, you're off. We have to find a replacement later. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck. This year was bad, man. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We'll keep going. What do we got? So, let's uh, let's go back and forth here. Let's do a movie that we already did a podcast about. Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther. Let's talk about Black Panther. Let's talk about Black Panther. So, here's the problem with Black Panther. What? That it's not good? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> And I'm I'm totally being honest, as I've reflected on this, I liked Avengers Infinity War better. As you should. And that's a problem, isn't it? (laughs) 
No, it's a you. It's there's perf. There's nothing wrong with liking no, Avengers: I'm, Infinity War more because it's a better movie. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's so a better like, movie, right? Why is Black Panther on oh, this in, list in that context? Yeah. What do you mean? Why? Well, uh, <laughs> okay, I get why. <laughs> All right, so there's literally a sequence in Avengers: Infinity War that takes place in the same location. <laughs> As Black Panther. Yes. There's the final fight. In both movies take place in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Avengers fight far more fondly than I do the Black Panther fight. Yeah, because it's more fun and compelling and there's more thing there's more stakes and there's more things on the line and it's better storytelling. So again, <laughs> that's a problem. You literally have a sequel to the movie that came out four months later that's better than the original. So yeah. why are we even considering this? Do you want to? Do I have to explain this again? No, you don't have okay. to. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain it. Well, you don't have to explain it either. We know why Black Panther is nominated. Yeah, everybody knows why it's nominated. It's socially relevant. Yes, and people went Precisely. crazy for it for that social relevance. Even if, even though in a bubble, and when we look back on it, it's just going to be a fairly average Marvel movie. Yeah, that's all it is. It is. It's so weird. This is the first ever superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. This is the first one. And not Dark Knight, not Logan, Black Panther. And what a coincidence. I know. What a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. (sighs) There's actually a lot of stuff that I liked about this movie. And I know I was more fond of it than you were. There's not I don't I don't hate this movie, but I hate the way people are treating it. In a, in a, I don't know. I feel like an asshole for saying that because again, there's nothing wrong with liking it. I'm just, I'm just like guys, like, like, like take it for what it is. Jesus Christ. I mean, because because it, it takes away from other films that are getting uh, far less uh, uh, notice or aren't appreciated nearly as as much. Right. You know. And at the I, I same look, now, it, what it is also doing though is paying homage to a genre of movie that's clearly very important in America. Whether you like it or not. And I know how annoyed you and I are with Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But these are our modern day westerns. And yeah. the fact that they haven't been honored yet at the Oscars is kind of bizarre if you think about it. Besides oh. Heath Ledger, right? Heath Ledger is the only Oscar that's ever been given to a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's here does mean something. And yeah. perhaps this bodes well for the future. Because I don't think like superhero movies should be categorically banned from Best Picture consideration. Nope. I just don't think this is the movie that, for lack of a better term, should have broken the barrier on that. I can't properly describe how much better Logan is. Oh, my God. It's like... And I I still hold to that I think Logan could be the best superhero film I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's number two for me, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Honestly. That movie is is phenomenal. (laughs) But it's weird. That movie got, like, no, like, award praise. Really didn't. And it's funny, it came out at the same time yeah. as Black Panther in terms of the year. I think it was February and yep. March for those two. Both did very well at the box office. Both were very respected critically. Mm-hmm. I think it might have picked up a Best Screenplay nomination last year, and that was it, it right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it, and it didn't win. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? I, I would put it Dark Knight, Logan. Spider-Man 2. And, yeah, Spider-Man 2, Incredibles, if I can count that. None of those movies have ever been nominated before, though. And it is, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think now that it's been nominated and everybody's like, oh, okay, Black Panther, see? We're Hollywood. We're hip. We're with the times. And now no one's actually considering it for 
best picture. No one's actually going to vote for this thing. What if it wins, though? What if? Oh. Hypothetically. Wow. Good question. What is the conversation the next day? Jesus. Like, are we happy? No. Because it is an upset. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, whoa, what a shocker. I think it's something that you might be happy with for about five seconds. And then you realize the implications of what it means that this movie won. Right. It takes away a lot of credence from Hollywood, in my opinion. I think it's, well, hmm. I think for the Oscars in general, I think it's pretty good for them. It's like a, well, it's split down the line for me. Yeah. I think it's fine that it's nominated in that way because it's like, okay, they're taking notice to these types of movies, like you said. And there's nothing wrong with that. But giving it the award, I think, means something else. Probably. You know what I mean? Because now it's not even about merit anymore. Yeah. Now it's exactly. nothing but cultural relevance. And I, you, you and I some, somewhat go at, go at it about yeah. this. I am all about merit. I don't give a fuck about cultural significance. I just say, what is the best movie? That's all I give a fuck about. And over the years, it, it kind of diminishes. And if it were to get I just to think the, we need a balance. Yes. I think you can award excellence without the movie being the English patient or without the movie being dances with wolves. Like yep. you have to take into some consideration because the Academy, their job is to preserve the legacy of film. That is the stated goal of mm-hmm. the Academy motion picture arts and sciences. Yeah. So when you go to the Academy museum and you're going through their catalog or you're just reading the list, the list should be some indicator of what movies meant to us in that particular year. Mm. And, We'll talk about it when we get there. I think Roma is the favorite for Best Picture. I'm not sure that's the movie that speaks most to this era and this generation. No. But here's the problem is that I think Black Panther is that movie. But I No, don't... there's a balance. Yeah, you yeah. have to also but award yeah. excellence. No question. Yes. You can't just give it to the latest Star Wars movie every year. No, exactly. Of course. Exactly. You, there has to be a And you can't give it to Jurassic Park. I just don't like those other films being forgotten. And that's my take on it, is that I, it's like, at the end of the day, this is a brilliant piece of art, and it needs to be respected. It was It's put here for a reason, and I mean, it's, I don't know. I think, so it, I think ar- it deserves your appreciation. So is your, your argument that the Oscars are not meant to mimic the zeitgeist, but to set the zeitgeist? So in other words, it's the Oscars' job to tell you which movies to remember and which movies to care about. Ugh. I don't really want them to be – again, this just goes back to my fundamental thing is that I don't really give a fuck about award shows at the end of the day right. as a film lover. But there is there is always a bit of me that uh, – I don't know, sort of – Because here's be, the thing. Be, there is, the there, Oscars have been awarding shitty movies the Best oh, Picture yeah. Award for decades now. Oh, yeah. That hasn't – I mean, friggin' Shakespeare in Love beat uh, Saving Private Ryan in 1997. Yeah. Dances know. with Wolves, again, beat – uh, Goodfellas. I know. Ordinary people beat Raging Bull. Yeah. You know, so this is not a new thing. And I don't think like that's diminished the legacy of Raging Bull or Goodfellas <laughs> no. or Saving Private Ryan at no, all. Precisely. Right. Yes, I agree. I, I just do, at the same time, I, I no, you know, what? I, I don't really want the Oscars deciding for us what is important versus what is not. So that's why at the end of the day, like I said, awards just don't really matter to me, I guess. That's fair. Uh, Black Panther. Does it belong on no. this list? I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> However, I would have nominated Michael B. Jordan for Best Supporting Actor. Let me make that very clear. And I, I'm so upset that you're not in on that performance because I really like that performance. I'm, I go as far to say it's not a good performance. Wow. That's so crazy. I'm, I'm so it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. What are we looking at here? 
We must be know. watching two separate performances. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm glad Nick agreed with me when he saw. He the didn't movie. like it. Hated the performance for my exact reasons. Really? He literally said, "Like, the dude never calms the fuck down." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." He's wow, one. I just think it's so dynamic and so interesting. I think the character is more interesting than the performance itself. Yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, but the character is brash though, and is obscene, and is you know supposed to be. A newer take on the old school superhero villain. It's fine. It doesn't take away from the fact that I was like yawning when he was on screen. Okay. I'm not with you on that. That's fine. Okay. Black Panther, we not, we're going to have to nominate a lot more movies by the end of this. Um, <laughs> like every single one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we do. Well, okay. Let's. Uh, we'll, we'll speed through some of these. Let's do Bohemian Rhapsody. We talked a little bit about it. Mm hmm. Um, I think this is one of the worst movies to ever be nominated for Best Picture. Tell uh, me why I'm wrong. Uh, worst movies? Yeah. I would only... Well, I don't know if you're wrong. Because I'm not. No. Because this movie sucks. I think it's... Let me ask you a question. What does this movie do well? I don't know. It looks good. It, it looks good? <laughs> it looks fine. I like uh, Rami Malek. I like the performances overall. You like Rami Malek in this movie? Yeah. Not as much as Bradley Cooper. Okay, so I... Wow, I feel the same way about Rami Malek, I guess, than you do Michael B. Jordan. Okay. I can't stand him in this movie. Fine. I really don't like him. And the more I've thought about I can, it, the more I don't like it. I, I can I can understand why you would get that way. Are you sure some of this isn't your reaction to the fact that it's getting nominated and no. the fact that Brian Singer is, you know... No, <laughs> I don't care about Brian Singer. I don't okay. like the performance. All right. Dude's got massive teeth. <laughs> Yes. A cool hairdo. Yep. And the performance ends there. He does an impression for the rest of it. Yeah. It this is a Freddie Mercury impersonator. This is not a Freddie Mercury performer. This is not an actor playing Freddie Mercury. I, I would I would agree, but I forgot that it was Rami. Okay. I guess. Sure. But when I see like a wax figure at Madame Tussauds. No, it's more than that. I'm just talking about I'm like, the way. Oh, that really does look like Marilyn Monroe. No, I'm just talking about the way he he behaved. I'm like, yeah, no, it seems like a different character to me. It's so one dimensional. Mm. I, I found it to be so one dimensional. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't quite describe it as an SNL sketch, but maybe it's like a Mad TV sketch. <laughs> They're being a little hard on that. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know what this movie does well. The editing sucks. The cinematography yeah. is bland. The acting besides Rami Malik, I think, is quite atrocious. Mm -hmm. I can't stand the rest of the bandmates. Mike Myers in the movie, for as small a role as he has, is distractingly bad. Mm -hmm. The girlfriend is not good. I don't get that relationship. I disagree with that. It no. pulls punches. No, I kind of like their, their dynamic with each other. Yeah. It takes liberties with the story. Which You I have the Freddie Mercury story. Tell the Freddie Mercury story. Maybe it's not that dramatic. <laughs> well, this certainly wasn't either. Eh. And I hated what they did with the Live Aid thing. Not necessarily how they shot the Live Aid sequence. I thought that was quite good. You you hated the fact that it was like too accurate next to the rest of the movie? What I didn't like is how they situated the entire plot of the movie around Live Aid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, life is terrible. Life is terrible. But Live Aid is coming up. And that's going to resuscitate our careers. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's not what happened, bro. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Live Aid just happened to be a pretty good Queen performance. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't like it. It's just, yeah, it's just you taking liberties with the story, which again, I didn't really care about. But liberties for no purpose. There was no real dramatic purpose. 
No, I think that the purpose was just because they thought that it would be a more entertaining film. Well, I was certainly not entertained. Yeah, it was fairly entertaining. I think the movie's fine, but it's... Uh, I will say, if we're going like on the realm of cable movies, because this would be a cable movie for me as well, it's like a n- couple notches below Green Room in that way. Or Green Book. Not Green Room. So, <laughs> I keep saying Green Room. <laughs> yeah. Rank the following. Get on up. The James Brown movie. Did you see that? Uh, no. Okay, I like that movie. Walk the Line. Ray. What else? What other music by This is above Ray. It's above Ray? I like Ray. You man. hate Ray, huh? I like Jamie Foxx's performance. I watched, because I watched it recently, and the biggest problem with that movie is the fact that the editing is unbelievably awful, and yeah. there's no emotional resonance to almost anything that happens in the movie. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, this thing happens, this thing happens, this thing happens, this thing happens, just checking off boxes in Ray's history, and that's, it's like, it's not entertaining. I felt the same way about Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, well, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I felt exactly, that's word for word what I said afterwards. I don't think that Ray's like a quote-unquote bad film, but it doesn't do anything for me. That's that's my take on it. Okay. The at least Bohemian Rhapsody was vibrant and fun at times. So yeah. I mean, there were bright colors. Yeah. There's some vibrant performances and some great musical sequences. Yeah. Some great okay. audio mixing. Right. You know, it, like go to Disneyland. Yeah. Just watch the fireworks. You could say that about a Avengers. lot of bright colors in Epcot Center. Yeah, but I could say that about Avengers, couldn't I? No. You yeah. couldn't. You I definitely d- could not. I disagree. <laughs> you tell me you weren't crying when Spider-Man started evaporating into dust. Yeah, I wasn't crying. <laughs> oh, tough moment. Tough How? moment. How? Oh, tough moment. What are you talking about? Mr. Stark. Oh, Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark. Oh, Tom Holland. Oh, Mr. Stark. America's don't, sweetheart, don't, Tom Holland. Don't worry, Mr. Stark. I'll be in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. I love Tom Holland. Could yeah. be my favorite Spider-Man. Favorite Spider-Man. He's creeping up. All around. Not Still not the best Peter Parker, in my opinion. But You're such a nerd. Yeah. All right, good. I don't want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody anymore. Yeah. I think it's fine. You, and you, you hate it, which I don't care about. Like hey. Again, this is another example where it's like, yeah, if you hate it, I'm not really going to you know, bat an eye. Here's another movie I hate. Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody should not be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, I hate Black Klansman as well. I don't think I hate it as much as Bohemian Rhapsody, but I really hate it. It's another one where I'm like, eh, I don't hate this movie, but again, similarly, does not do like anything for me aside from, I guess, Adam Driver's performance. Yeah, he's spectacular in this. Yeah, I'm actually surprised he's not in more consideration for Best Supporting. He's, but was he was nominated? Though, yeah, right? he was nominated. Okay, but it seems like Mahershala's. Oh, that's I guess a conversation we didn't have about Green Book. What Mahershala has just been locked in to Best Supporting Actor for the last three months, oh. and that doesn't make much sense to me. Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, mm. he's gonna win. Really? Yeah. Uh, First yeah. of all, it's kind of a leading role. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> it's not really a supporting role. Uh, I I would say Adam Driver was better. Yeah, oh, by far. Yeah. So here are your Best Supporting Actor nominees. You have Mahershala. You have Adam Driver. You have Sam Elliott in A Star is Born. You have... Oh, Sam Elliott. Oh, I forgot about Sam Elliott. You have Sam Rockwell in Vice. And you have um, Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Okay. Which is a movie, by the way, that I just watched last night. 
How was it? It is totally fine. Okay. It looked totally fine. It is totally fine. I'm not going to see it. And Melissa McCarthy is totally fine. Okay. And Richard E. Grant is a little bit better than fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And if you enjoy watching fat ladies forge signatures, yeah, it's the movie for you. How dare you call her fat and not beautiful? (laughs) She's so brave. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we're such assholes i give it to sam elliott personally yeah so would i yeah yeah i forgot about him yeah yeah Mm -hmm. by far right Mm -hmm. yeah i think by a mile because when have we ever seen sam elliott be this fucking awesome as (laughs) i mean we've seen it before but it feels like it's been forever it has and also like the dude's gonna be dead soon (laughs) can we give him an oscar go ahead yeah give sam elliott and why are we giving it to mahershala again Maybe he'll get it. If he doesn't get it for this, we'll get it for his Hitler Bigfoot movie. Good point. We need to do that on Why Is This a Thing pretty soon. We need to do a few things on Why Is This a Thing, yeah. actually. Yeah. The well, Bigfoot movie. <laughs> I, I, I discovered this movie. I don't, know why, I don't even know why I'm talking about this now. But now, for Why Is This a Thing, we've got to do a film called Roar. Roar! Yeah, I know Roar with the tigers. Have you seen it? A bunch of people got bit by the tigers, right? But, yeah. I've, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. We've got to do it. It's a crazy story. I, I looked it up. I was like... This is such a wise, like the story is wise. I think thing they did a documentary do. about it. Okay. And that might be a good side by side comparison. Let's do Roar. Roar. Let's do Yes, roar. I okay. know about Roar. All right, here we go. <laughs> With Tippy Hedren getting. Yes, <laughs> Tippy Hedren is in that movie. <laughs> Forgot Get about that. Oh my God. Okay, great. Okay. Um, what are we talking about? Black Klansman. Oh yeah, it's, it's not that great. So I heard this comparison and I think I brought it up to you last week. Mm-hmm. This is sort of Spike Lee's Departed. Mm-hmm. It's which rubs me the wrong way, but I understand what you're saying. It's a lesser version of what he's done well before. It's late period. It's the movie that's going to get him his Oscar. More likely than not, he's going to win best screenplay for this as sort of a makeup call. <sighs> I, I can't even criticize the screenplay is fine. Eh. Yeah, it's it's a bit rough around the edges. It's spotty, as I like to say, but the editing is terrible, really bad. And it's shot. Oh, my God. The, why are there so many shots in this movie that are out of focus? Yeah. What the hell is going on? It's so amateurish at times. Yeah, it really. It's lazy. It just feels like he fell asleep and he's like, get this shot. <laughs> I'm going to lay down on my bed. Right. Which is weird because like you're Spike Lee and you can hire somebody to do it well. I'm not convinced Spike Lee is that great of a director, though. Um, Not anymore, I don't think. No. He's vi- he's, a, he's sort of like uh, Ridley Scott, but not as good. <laughs> Yeah, similar. Like, like but Ridley think, Scott still did The Martian. I know. Well, that's the thing. Like, like Ridley Scott. My, my point is that with uh, Spike Lee, you'll have like five movies, and then you'll have like the Twenty Fifth Hour and or Inside Man, and then you'll have all of a sudden like like Chirac, and right. people are like, "What the fuck?" You know? Yeah. It's just like the 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 consistency with quality is all over the fucking place. Right. And I don't think this should be his Oscar movie by a large margin in the same way that I don't think departed should have been Scorsese's Oscar movie. I, well, I, the thing is in that year, I, I agree with the departed's decision. Cause I think about that year and I honestly think it was probably the best picture. Okay. I don't remember what else was nominated. It was 2006. I, I, what the hell was nominated? That's the thing. Was that still Lord of the Rings times or was no? To, to, after, that's post uh, two thousand three. Okay, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, what was nominated alongside The Departed? It won two thousand six. I well, the, it would have been the two thousand seven Oscars, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. So okay, yeah. So 
so what would have been a long the movie was ma- uh, came out in 2006 so you have what do we have i don't, I don't let even me pull re- up the page right real quick i don't even remember your nominees are the departed Babel. Mm, no. The Alejandro and Yuritu movie. Yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. I know you hate it. I fucking love it. Not as much as... Uh, I fell asleep just talking about Letters from Iwo Jima. You suck. That movie's fantastic. Little Miss Sunshine, which I really like. Yeah, I like that too. I but like that movie a lot. I wouldn't have given it to Little Miss Sunshine. Though. And The Queen. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I guess Blood Diamond came out that year. Yeah, whatever. Um... Devil Wears Prada came out that year. Good movie. Meryl was nominated. Should have won that year. Helen Mirren won for The Queen. Okay. Yeah, it was The Departed. Yeah, Green uh, Dream Girls came out. Yeah, okay, fine. That's what I'm saying. At least, okay, Departed was the best picture of that year, whereas Black Klansman shouldn't even be considered in like the top 20 yeah. <laughs> or the top 50 or yeah. anything. The more I think about that movie, the more it really rubs me the wrong way. I, I do not like the third act at all. Like The movie just falls apart completely in the third act. I agree. The ending makes no sense, and then the tacked on real life footage that is also quite annoying. Hated it. And another way to describe how lazy this movie was is that it recycled music from Inside Man. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Like, I mean, I know that no one's going to notice that, but for someone like me, I'm just like, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I can see your laziness on screen here. Like, what is, or I can hear it rather. Right. What the hell's going on? People were going crazy about this soundtrack, and I think it's nominated for best score too. What? Not good. No, I was not into this score. Besides that one dance sequence in the disco bar. Yeah, but that's not. That's that's a. Oh well, that's a uh, a song though. It's not right like, score. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. It, it was very lazy. Weird freeze frames, weird cuts. It it just, just felt like a hodgepodge of, of cinematic techniques that don't really blend well together. It's and it, like you said, it's not particularly well edited at all and that no. third act is like kind of abysmal. Yeah. Good story. Oh yeah. Could have been done well. Really good story. I just I don't know. I wasn't very entertained by it through a lot of it. I found it kind of boring. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Uh all right. Black Klansman. <laughs> Adam Hall should it been nominated for best picture yes no I'm just kidding no 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 I also say no (laughs) (laughs) okay I don't know if this speaks to the quality of the movie year or the quality of the Oscars or both or both (laughs) what do we have next come on something good let's talk vice ah shit I have already made my thoughts clear on the podcast we did last month. I find this movie very entertaining. I also find it very offensive. <laughs> and I have still been unable to square those two things. I, I'm saying this. Very entertaining. Very bad movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it a lot. It's like, yeah, I can't in good conscience give it to this to this propaganda film. Because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It's really what it is. And I... Everyone now, I for some reason loves the fact that I call this a drug PSA, but that's what it is. It is. It's just a drug PSA for Adam McKay's feelings on uh, Dick Cheney. It is a stupid ass movie. Maybe if I'd like never read a history book, I would have enjoyed this. Yeah, like oh, if I didn't follow <laughs> politics, that too, or just like didn't have a tertiary understanding 
of the Bush administration. But I, I, I was the same way though. It's like it just makes it so much worse. I was like, you're you're forgetting about a lot of details here, right? Like you're you're deliberately excluding them from the big picture, and I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah, it's it is a propaganda movie in many ways. It is a very well made one, in my opinion. Propaganda films are entertaining, and they're supposed to the be. The acting is really good. Yeah. I found it inventive. Again, I found the editing kind of annoying. Oh, the editing was kind of funny with how bad it was sometimes. Yeah, at times. And I'm sure a lot of that was (coughs) intentional. Um, I don't think there's much more to say. I'm I'm still torn on whether or not I would include this. Can I put a maybe under whether or not this should have been nominated? I'm pretty confident in my decision, though. Okay, you would strike this from the record as well? Oh, absolutely. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll allow it. Vice is out. Okay, we're down to three movies. We have already gotten rid of five of them. What the hell are we gonna? Re- I mean, what the hell are we gonna replace it with? Okay. Halloween. <laughs> All right, Roma. Now, Roma. Now it gets interesting. Roma. Roma. Alfonso Caron. Yep. Directs Roma. That's right. A Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal, Adam Hall. What? Roma is going to win Best Picture this weekend. Um, I know. I would put money on that. I put my life on it. It's going to happen. You bet your life on it? I would. Okay. If the payoff was good. I wish you bet if your life. If the odds are right, Adam, I'll, I'll bet anything. I wish you bet your life on it, honestly. I would, so. <laughs> I would at least bet the deed to my house that Roma is going to win Best Picture this weekend. Mm-hmm. People seem to like this movie. And by people, I mean critics. Yes, <laughs> the, the the people, the the normal audiences or the normal people who saw it and were like, this is nothing. This is just boringness. Mm. And it's there's it's a woman scraping up dog shit off the ground. <laughs> that is true. This happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also a big dick flopping around at times. Oh, mm. there's a great crazy. sequence where you watch a guy pull into a garage. That's true. And it's about five minutes or, or the part where the, the mother uh, pulls into the garage and you know breaks the side because she's kind of pissed off and drunk right or the riveting moment yeah or the martial arts sequence with those like hundreds of guys just trying to balance themselves and how hard on that actually like it's very hard to do right it's very hard to do also very riveting mm-hmm. how about the scene where the woman goes to the movies and sits in the movie and watches a movie and then That's the right. boyfriend leaves it's enthralling it doesn't come back yeah that's, that's a pretty true. good sequence how what, about that opening where you went up close on a bunch of tiles on the ground oh yeah with water being poured all over them fascinating stuff yeah what about the part where they walk across the street <laughs> also riveting stuff <laughs> i don't want to be mean about roma because i actually like roma i actually like this movie it's a good movie it's a well-made movie Yep. Um, I wouldn't call it the best of the year. No. I think it's very well directed and the craft at work is very impressive. Yes. And I like the cinematography. Yeah. Oh my God. Do I love the cinematography? And my oh my, do I love the ending? I think by the end of it, I was on the edge of my seat. It was one of the most tense experiences of the year for me. Um, I, I just think it's kind of not so entertaining at times. And I don't know if it's really trying to be. Yeah. It's a it's a self-reflective film. It's very, very personal to Quran. And it is a film in its purest form. It's about this is about as filmy as you could get. And the fact that it, it, it makes washing tiles at the opening kind of fascinating. 
and some woman cleaning up dog shit. Kind of fascinating. And all those little things that we mentioned, kind of fascinating. It's a very good movie. It's impressive. It's an impressive film. Yeah. It is weird to me that this is going to be the first ever foreign movie to win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. If you look at the long history of foreign movies... It's not even close to... 90 years to get to this point... Think about all of the mainstream foreign movies that haven't won. Like, I'm thinking, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Mm -hmm. Life is Beautiful, or, you know, not even, like, your E2 Mama Tambiens, but, like, stuff that's, you know, mainstream, that people saw, and that people... Pan's Labyrinth. Liked. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth's another one. Mm. All of those movies were ignored. It's kind of weird that this is the movie that breaks the barrier. Um, Sure. I'm, I'm not complaining. I... I don't think this is an egregious choice when when it's ultimately crowned best picture. No. There are as we just described five worst movies oh, yeah. on the list. Um I just find it a little strange because I don't think it's the best foreign movie of the last couple of years. Nope. I don't think it's Alfonso's best movie. No. of the last 10 years. Yeah. I would have given it to Children of Men or maybe even Gravity before I would have Roma. Yeah, probably. Uh, Children of Men before any of those. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban's very good as well. Okay, whatever you say. I'll I'll take your word for it. He hasn't seen Harry Potter, guys. E2, E2 Mama Tambien is also very good. Okay. I highly recommend you watch that. I need to see it. Um, What else is there to say? What else is there to say about Roma? Because I can't shake this feeling that neither of us really love it. Neither and of I us, think we need to get to the bottom of this. Neither of us do love it because emotionally doesn't do as much for us, which is fine. Because yes... Nothing happens in this film. Nothing happens in this movie, really. It is just life. That's, Let me ask a question. That's the movie. <laughs> Why were both of us so sure that this movie was on our top ten list? Yet, now that it's on both of our top ten lists, we have very little good to say about it. <sighs> have we given in to societal pressures on this? No, I I walked away from it knowing that it it deserves some spot on my list for craft sheer craftsmanship alone, and it deserves a spot on this list for best picture. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he answered my question. I think it deserves a spot where right where it is. I don't think why, he answered my question. What do you want me to say though? <laughs> well, I think there are ten movies that I'm going to rewatch more times than Roma. Okay, and so what does that say about me? I don't know. Am I afraid to like be on the wrong side of history with Roma? <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, I'm so impressed. No, by the no craft. one saw Roma. Not as many people saw Roma as you think. Is it possible that nerds like us though are like we don't want to look dumb because we didn't like Roma? Mm, I didn't dislike Roma though. Is the thing yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm just not. It's like I said when we did the the show about it. It just wasn't really for me. But again. As a, it's like a, it, as a film, it's it's pretty impressive. It's impressive enough to warrant the the best picture nomination at least. Um, I think there's something not being talked about here. Is my point? Do you understand what I'm getting at? But it's, it's a tough film, though. It's a tough film to talk about because I, I honestly can't really say I know what it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I I want to look stupid, but I, I I got news for you. There are plenty of best pictures that I love that I don't go back and rewatch. You know, like Birdman. Oh, I've rewatched Birdman. I've rewatched it, but not 
like I've seen it like three times. That movie's entertaining though. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a there's a little there's an elephant in the room that nobody's addressing with Roma. Everyone in Hollywood like really likes it. Nobody loves it. No. And so everybody's just fine being like, yeah, throw it in there. And I would argue, from my point of view, there are two movies on this list that we're about to talk about worthy of love. And I mean, lots of affection. And these two are not really in the race. No. So let's talk about one of them, shall we? Okay. A Star is Born. Oh, A Star is Born. I fucking adore this movie. Starring Bradley Cooper. I love this movie. Lady Gaga. Mm, Gaga. Is she always going to be Gaga to you? Yes. Okay. The fourth time this story has been told. Mm -hmm. Some are saying the best. Maybe. I haven't seen all of them. I can't speak to that. However, what I will say is that this is a damn good Hollywood movie. And this is the type of movie that I would like to see win the Best Picture Award. And I also happen to think it's the most deserving of all of these movies. Oh, you're tipping your hand here. No. Oh, you're tipping your hand. Very close. Oh, you feel really strongly about another movie. Yeah, I do. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Very close. Whoa! <laughs> but, yeah, it it absolutely does. This is a, a wonderful, wonderful achievement in film. I, I honestly believe that. I think A Star is Born is one of the better retellings of this story that we've seen in a long time and uh I love pretty much everything about this movie. And they, yeah, it's, it's, it's again it's it's boring for someone to say yeah and it's it's boring for someone to talk about a film without just saying everything's good but everything's kind of good about this film. I don't really I mean I I don't really know what to to dock it down for. The direction's fantastic, it's incredibly well written, the performances are wonderful and well realized and very well understood, which is what's important. I fucking love Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and their chemistry. I love where that relationship goes. I love how the story... I love the note that the story ends on with how bleak it is. It's just... It, and the, the, the concert sequences, it's just fucking awesome. It's an awesome movie. So I watched some scenes from it the other day, again, because it's available online. Sam Elliott fucking... Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I forgot about was the style of acting... And how in tune with each other all of these performances are. Mm -hmm. There is such a natural chemistry. They, Bradley does this thing and some actors... You can tell a lot about directors based on how they direct their actors and what sort of, what sort of rhythm the, all the performances are attuned to. Bradley Cooper allows his actors to roam wild with these performances and certain scenes are played with a sort of an improvisatory style characters are talking over each other they repeat lines they do a lot of ums and uhs and it feels very realistic and naturalistic and i think just generally speaking when you have a director that's very in control and that has a big ego and that demands excellence say like a quentin tarantino or a stanley kubrick or someone like that you don't get that sort of acting style and that naturalism. When you have a director like Woody Allen, or in this case, like Bradley Cooper, who allows the actors to have more free reign, the performances, in my opinion, always end up better. Sure. And I really appreciated, as a first-time director, how much rope he allowed his actors to have. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the most underrated achievements of this movie. Not necessarily where he places the camera, what he does in terms of cinematography, in terms of pacing, in terms of editing. The performances from a raw theatrical level are really, really good. And I don't know if any director is going to get a performance out of Lady Gaga like that ever again. I, I, I just think like... Man, she's incredible in that movie, and she has no business being that incredible in that movie. She's a pop star, yeah, you know, and she ends up being a revelation. And on top yeah. of that, Bradley, who performs in his own movie, also gives a performance that I think is worthy of best actor. It's the best performance of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I love this movie. He wasn't even nominated for best actor. For best director, he wasn't. He was nominated for best actor. He was okay. Oh wait, oh he wasn't yeah. nominated for best. Uh director that's right which is kind of a shame they gave it instead to pavel something the director of cold war the black and white polish movie cold war why i don't know (laughs) apparently it's very well directed i mean okay (laughs) and you have to give spike a nomination you have to yeah because you know makeup calls why don't they just wait lifetime achievements he's already gotten a lifetime achievement award why don't they just wait for him to make a better movie? It's not how the Oscars roll, man. Apparently not. Nope. You got to give it to Rami Malek and Glenn Close. And Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are stuck singing Shallow by themselves. Bradley Cooper's performance as this this musician who's also a drunk is... Uh, uh, it's like a miracle. It is. <laughs> it's it's in, a small miracle. It's an incredible performance. So annoying. I know. The Oscars. Ugh. I know. Listen to that podcast from a few months ago. Yes. We were very laudatory. Let's get to the movie, please. So this is the movie that we haven't talked about yet. No. <laughs> and I can't wait to have this discussion. <laughs> it's a movie called The Favorite. Yeah. It's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, director of The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer and Dogtooth. Ooh, Dogtooth. Talk to me about the favorite, Adam Hall. All right. Well, the fa- do you want me to tell you what it's about? I want. Yeah, I want. Well, I want you to tell me everything. Okay. Just talk to me. The favorite. Tell me a bedtime story about the favorite. Okay. Well, the favorite is about two young women trying to help out Queen Anne in fifteen or seventeen, whatever the fuck the year is, seventeen something. Help out is the phrase. Yeah, help out. Yeah. yeah well, well, they they're, they are court favorites, and they're essentially you know her her right-hand women they do whatever uh she wants anything and, and everything eh. <laughs> in any orifice <laughs> what are you talking about anyway <laughs> and the movie is about their rivalry to com- essentially compete for queen anne's affection in a nutshell that's what the movie is that's that's about as simple as you can get uh yeah this is it's the it's the best movie last year. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Didn't see this one coming. Yeah. Plot twist. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Woo! This movie was fucking awesome. Woo! <laughs> this movie was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow i love you so much lynn ramsey but yes i have to concede on this one so we're just getting rid of you were never really here still it's my number two strike now. it from the record no. the favorite the best movie of the year make the case yeah make the case 
it's the it's it's contender for best cinematography. I agree. First of all, I agree. Beautiful film. It's a Kubrick film in that way. Yes. As far as cinematography, looks exactly like a Kubrick film. Yeah. Moves like a Kubrick film. It has a similar kind of ironic sensibility. It reminded me a lot of Barry Lyndon in that way. That's what everyone is saying. But they're right, though. It, yeah. It's not nearly... I mean, Barry Lyndon's nowhere near as uh, like explosive as uh, um, uh, The Favorite can be. But it's similarly kind of playing on those those motifs and those cliches of, you know, uh, uh, what, what would you call that lifestyle? I don't even know. It's it's making noble it's, lifestyle. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. It's making fun of that form of nobility. Yeah, and it's it's a weird, weird, unique character study, unlike anything I've seen in a long time. But and again, sometimes that can get a little messy. But in here, it's it's endlessly fascinating the lengths that these characters are willing to go in order to get where they need to be, and how they play off of Queen Anne and how she's affected by it all and Olivia Coleman's fucking performance. Yeah. <laughs> I could have watched this movie for like eight hours. Yeah. I loved Olivia Coleman in this. And she kind of hit me out of nowhere. I was not, I was not seeing that coming. I've always liked her, but I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. This is like one of the best performances by an actress i've seen in a very long time okay i don't think i would go that far I, but I, I, I i very much liked it as well <laughs> i i was i was wrapped up in this it was it was crazy it was out of its goddamn mind so yorgos did not write this movie nope. unlike his other movies i think this is the first movie he's ever written or i'm sorry he's ever directed mm-hmm. based on someone else's material yes what's so funny though is it feels like he wrote it yeah it's so in tune with his sensibility it's the perfect movie for him to do, really. It's it's his same sense of humor, absolutely. Yeah. It's just really, really black, right? Black humor, and I mean, just uncompromising and raw, and it's not nice. At no, times. not not at all. Ever, yeah. it's never nice. Yeah, it's never nice. the The characters themselves also occupy very different spaces within the movie. It's almost like. Emma Stone represents the comedic aspects. Rachel Weisz represents the dramatic aspects. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the middle is Olivia Coleman's character. <laughs> yeah. And when all of them were on screen, I I, I felt like I was watching... Like, it's sort of... I, I don't want to say I was watching a different movie. But each of their performances were so perfectly tuned. And so... You know... It, when you watched Emma Stone behave and then you watch Rachel Vice behave, it's like you get whiplash from it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like first you see this woman who's talking to this queen in derogatory terms and like mm-hmm. slapping her and saying horrible things. And But you also get the sense that she cares about Queen yeah. Anne. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, you have Emma Stone who's pretty and young and uh, is charming and far more charming than Rachel Vice is. But she's such a terrible horrible wretched human being that's black from the inside yep yet you care about all three and you care about what happens to them mm-hmm. and that's incredibly rare especially for a movie yeah. about british nobility which you think that's just <laughs> like that's snooze fest material that's for history class like i'm not gonna go to a cinema and enjoy a movie about queens and princesses but i did yep Thoroughly, I truly did. I'm, I'm right on on board with you for literally all of that. 
Oh God, there's so many wonderful scenes in this movie too yeah. that you can just pinball. And all, any time that they're outside and shooting guns is <laughs> nail biting. <laughs> when Rachel Vice pretends to shoot Emma Stone. Oh, great. Oh, that was shit. great shit. Or any scene, honestly, any scene Nicholas Holt is in. I know you You like Nicholas Holt. Loved huh? him in this. Yeah, I liked him in it. I, I didn't feel as strongly, but I liked him in it. <laughs> his his just casualness to the way he says cunt. <laughs> <laughs> And when he pushes Emma Stone down, like that one scene where they're oh, walk, the walking best. along the road, yeah, and all the natural lighting, yeah, not as like I think it's all natural lighting as well, which really? is really interesting. Um, the way that they I, I, also, it says a lot of interesting stuff about gender politics. I think mm-hmm. um, the way that these men dressed up in makeup and wigs oh, as well, though it was supposed to be attractive. Well, they make fun of that in the movie. Oh my god, it yeah. was I could not get enough of it. <laughs> just just the the elaborate nature of their fucking wigs and makeup and pretending that that's something masculine and that that's something women are supposed to be impressed by. <laughs> Let me Here's the best sum up of this film for you. And in one scene, one scene <laughs> oddly I think perfectly sums up this film. You have you have uh our, our sweetheart, uh, Emma Stone, in a shitty room with a noble man, jerking him off. Oh, yes. <laughs> Could not be less interested. And it's so funny, but so fucked up. And so uncomfortable. <laughs> and it just works. The amount of uncomfortable <laughs> scenes in this movie. Oh, my God. What? The scene where they bring in <laughs> Rachel Weiss after she's uh, j- just knocked out. And she's brought back to the, ki- the cabin. And then uh, in the background, it's some random dude just h- having sex with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then the like the Baroness is, is having casual conversation like we saved you from the woods and, you know, e- everything is good. Everything is fine. <laughs> you know, like like uh, w- we helped you out and you're going to be OK. <laughs> And I'm just like my my I'm, mouth is on the floor. <laughs> it's so terrific. It's such a weird contrast of tone, but it is. I don't know that's why. Exa- yeah, I felt that. I think that's what I was getting at before with these performances. The tonal shifts are so sudden, but it never feels out of place. I don't know why it works. Yeah, but it does. It, sh- it shouldn't work, but it certainly does. <laughs> it's like movies like this where it just kind of like like you you stumped me. Mm. Usually tend to be the films that I usually pick as like my best. Yeah, I'm it just, reminded me a lot yeah. of the show Succession, which was a show mm. on HBO last year, which was my favorite show of the year last year. And that's sort of about a Rupert Murdoch-esque media family yeah. who uh, are engaged in the normal politics of business and that stab each other in the back and say terrible things to each other, but still on a deep down level care about each other. Yes. And their interactions and their fights are often played for laughs. This movie had a similar thing going on. All three of these characters in their own way cared about each other, even though they hated each other and wanted to wring each other's necks. There is a lot of heart and soul to this movie in a very warped way. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, but it's also terribly dramatic. Like the whole arc with Rachel Weisz is really fascinating. And what happens to her and what she goes through to protect Queen Anne Real, because that is what she's ultimately interested in. I believe that she cares about Queen Anne exactly. as much as she likes power as well. Exactly. And in comes Emma Stone, who is ambitious yeah. and I think wants to do the right thing, but also is a little fucked and enjoys stomping on rabbits and torturing animals. <sighs> well, she, she just... But her character is also very interesting. What her motivations are about and how terribly she is treated 
by the rest of this nobility. In a way, it's almost like Emma Stone is getting revenge on the people that treated her so badly. But the reverse of that, with your love for her at the beginning and where she ends right, up, yeah. it's such a weird contrast. But again, you totally buy it at that point. Because the movie's given you enough reason to go from really loving her to just really not wanting to be around this person anymore. Yeah. To almost like, it's weird, there's like a volley. You go kind of back and forth between wanting to side with Rachel Weisz or wanting to side with Emma Stone. And I think I know who I side with by the end of it. That's I the think funny. I do too, yeah. 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 <sighs> I love I that really ending. Love it. I love it too. Yes. I love it. Oh my God, the close up. It's so subtle and so interesting and there's so much there's so much subtext to this movie too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you can read into and that's why I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. I think it's going to really hold up on a second viewing. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, Olivia Coleman is very good. The only thing that I have just on an Oscar's perspective is I don't think that she's the lead actress. No, that's the th- I will agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would argue that Emma Stone is sort of the lead in this, right? Uh-huh. Like she she you you're following her story from beginning to end. Is it her like bigness? In the in the realm Maybe. of the story, I remember guess? in Foxcatcher when Steve Carell was nominated for Best Actor for that movie. Yeah, and really, it's more Channing Tatum's story mm-hmm. um, and Mark Ruffalo's story than it is his. Similarly, there, just the bigness there. Yeah, you know what I mean. The movie is about her, and that it it the whole plot is situated around her. But I don't yes. think that she's necessarily the lead. No, um, might just be like an Oscar politics thing. Didn't have that much screen time. Yeah. Not as much as you would have thought anyway yeah which is why i think emma stone should win best supporting actress for this yes. i think she's a- absolutely Fantastic. excellent in this i don't want to sell rachel vice short though neither do i yeah easy to overlook that performance too very yes. easy to overlook mm-hmm. subtle she's doing a lot of interesting stuff kind of haunting i love the guy that's in game of thrones and sherlock uh one of oh rachel vice's husband in the movie oh yeah, 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 yeah. he's from sherlock he plays uh Sherlock's brother. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I love this cast. You're right. I love the way they shoot it. I I love, I've really grown to love Yorgos's creative eye. And I, I know that, that that's something you've appreciated for a while now. Yeah. And at first you watch it, especially like in The Lobster. It's not as, pr- like, like it's, once sake, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer comes, it's like, okay, this is where he's staying. Like, he's, it feels like he's sort of found his look now after, because yeah. it's a little bit different in The Lobster. It's like kind of forming at that point, and then it becomes what it is in uh, Sacred Deer, right. which you still need to see. Okay. That's a cold movie. Yeah. That is a cold movie. Well, they're all cold movies. I think what I appreciated about this one, though, is it had a lot of warmth underneath the yes, surface. Which is very different. It actually kind of caught me off guard, but it, it honestly made it more well-rounded in that way and maybe more satisfying. I think I like this more than Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. I certainly liked it more than The Lobster. <laughs> Lobster's a... <laughs> that's a trip. <laughs> that's one... Ugh. I could watch the lobster again. <laughs> I definitely couldn't. <laughs> oh or, no! Aunt, no, the dog. No. What? No, no you got no, You got to cut no. it short before the dog. Fuck it. Uh, I'm thinking about it now. Mm. All that stuff with that woman. Oh, that wretched woman. I fucking hate that woman. Oh, the lobster. Yeah, I couldn't. No. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That sequence <laughs> is too hard to watch. I hate that scene. I mean, I, it's a great scene, but I hate it. Oh, it's effective. Yeah. Yeah. Poor dog. <laughs> Your ghost. Good on Yorgos. You Greek fuck. Dude made a movie about British royalty. And made it fun. It made it really fun. Isn't it nuts? It just feels like it it doesn't feel like a period piece. This is what I'll say. I love Barry Lyndon. I don't blame you for not liking it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, but, but I think in this case, I don't think you can fault, or I think you can fault someone for not liking the favorite. Yes, I think it's hard not to like this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, also all the sexual politics. I did not see that coming. (laughs) No, that was so like, whoa, whoa. I didn't know that's where it was going. It's perfect, perfectly handled because because we react to it exactly the same way Emma Stone is, and I love her her perform. It's not like 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 over the top dramatic, no music swells. It's just like. What the fuck? It's, oh, all, it's kind of funny. Yeah, this is where this is going. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I, we, I think we were just expecting like a political thriller. That's not what it is. But it's not. No, there's so much more going on here. And isn't it great to see a movie that is that is like that, that doesn't care about that real world shit? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just it, it just feels more authentic to me in that way. It's not concerned with any of that shit. It's just a good story with interesting themes. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm not sure if it has a ton to say about like the nature of people and and how people behave when put in a high pressure situation like this. I disagree. Um, but it it still I think told the story it was trying to tell, and that it is true to these characters mm-hmm. and how they would have behaved. Yes. And sometimes I don't need you to say something larger about society as long as you say something about these particular people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing people won't do, by the way. People do some fucked up shit. They do. Certainly. And they do in this movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the fisheye lens, by the way? They use the fisheye lens quite a bit. Confusing. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing. The I only agree. decision. I agree. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's the one thing that stood out to me. I'll rewatch it and be like, because you, you always have to look at when they use it, of course, right. and see how it fits in the context of the whole scene. Because uh, it... it, cause it it felt like I was an observer, you know, like right. I was looking through some some ulterior uh, form of, of visual medium, like like th- like through like a camera on on like a monitor or something. What am I talking about? Like a security camera is what right. it felt like. And yeah. I'm just like, but but that also throws me off too, yeah. it, and it always throws me off whenever I notice the camera because that's not the technology you would have had. I know there weren't video cameras no. in the 1500s anyway. No, but when you have a fisheye lens, I think GoPro. And yeah. then I think, oh, right, there are no GoPros in the 1500s. Yes, I agree. And now I'm out of the movie. Yes. I, I got to rewatch it. I got to see. I'm sure there was a purpose. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Again, there's another example of, you know, I, I don't quite know why they did that, but I trust that the filmmakers know why they did it. Right. So. Yeah. Good cinematography, though. Very good cinematography. Very good staging. Very good production design. I'll go as far as call this a fucking masterpiece. Whoa. This is a fucking masterpiece. I love this movie. Wow. I love. I, this I movie. knew you would love it. Yeah, the second I saw it, I'm, it's like, like, I'm watching. It's like I don't want to tell. It's like I'm watching. It's like fuck this movie, and that's like I don't want to. I don't want to tell Nico I like it. I don't want to <laughs> tell Nico I love this movie. Fuck this movie's too good. Oh, please don't be the best movie of last year. And then I'm sitting at the end of it depressed, and I'm like, it's the best movie of last year, <laughs> and I gotta tell Nico. Fuck. So you would give the favorite best picture? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. <laughs> of all movies, <laughs> <laughs> this fucking weird ass movie. But yep, uh, yep. Wow. Okay, so let's let's play this little game out, shall we? Yep. So we have allowed the Academy to keep A Star Is Born, Roma, and The Favorite comfortably as nominees for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. We have to come up with five replacements. Okay. All right. So let's think about it this way. Let's not necessarily nominate movies that one of us likes. Let's try to come to a like consensus 
and say we can comfortably nominate this for an award. Is this a precursor to something else, Nico? This sounds like a precursor to something else. It might be a preview. <laughs> oh, exciting things coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting surprises for the listeners of this podcast coming up shortly. Oh, oh they're going to love it more so than us. They might. We're going to kill ourselves at the end of the it. The jury's but... still out on that. Yeah, mm. we have a new format coming. Yeah. Be on the lookout. <laughs> um, So I, I don't want to nominate your Lynn Ramsey movie. I would like to, but for, for what you're talking about, probably not. Yeah. You know, I think we should probably nominate Widows. Okay. And I'm shocked that it wasn't nominated to begin with, because it has all the makings of an Oscar movie. Yeah, I, I kind of get it for the type of movie that it is, though. But it's better than, oh my god, like, 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 Jesus, the vast majority of films on that list. Yeah. Yeah. I also think you gotta nominate Buster Scruggs. You think? Yeah. What are our other options, though? All right, I'll throw out a couple more. Eighth Grade? Best Picture? Yeah, I think so. What else? A Quiet Place. Mm. First Reformed. Okay. Now we're talking. You just watched First Reformed, huh? Again. I fucking love First Reformed. <laughs> <laughs> the movie was... Oh, that movie. Did that get to number two for you? No, it's... Ooh. I don't know if I liked it more than A Star is Born. It's, huh. it's, it's either five or four. Okay. Yeah. Really great movie. Ethan Hawke is fucking incredible. This is dude. the problem, though. Yeah. Why the fuck is Ethan Hawke not nominated for Best Actor? It's so crazy. This is possibly his best performance. No, yeah, his best performance. Oh, my God. By a mile. <laughs> it's fucking... Ethan Hawke? Of great. course it is. Oh, this, the, the, oh, the scene at the end where he's just growling in anger. Oh, that whole <laughs> sequence where he wraps <laughs> the with the barbed wire around his body. It's like... Ah! And it's it's like he actually I, I know he didn't actually do it, but oh my god, you totally sold me on it. <laughs> I know, and that movie's nuts too. <laughs> that movie like it goes places where it shouldn't make sense. I just des- no, I describe this movie in some context as as like a remake of Taxi Driver. In yeah, a lot you of said ways. that to me. It, it and it does thematically in a lot of ways feel that way to me. Yeah, but Taxi Driver is still a traditional entertaining hollywood movie although like it's dark and it involves an anti-hero it has an action set piece at the end the arc is relatable to a certain extent and travis bickle is mm. still a fairly relatable character I know. the shit ethan hawk goes through in this movie it's like whoa this dude is pushed to a level of, of just depravity oh my god that i don't think i've ever experienced before but i buy it because oh. the performance is so good and the script is so good. Oh, the scene. I love the scene where he goes up to the woman and he's like, I, I despise you. Yeah. I'm disgusted by everything you make me. And then the next scene, it cuts to him uh, reflecting and making notes like he was uh, like he was doing all the time in, uh, in the film. That's kind of what it revolves around. So it cuts to that scene where he's writing the letter and he's just like, I suddenly feel much better about myself. That's right. Yeah, that was <laughs> the best. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? That was the biggest laugh in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice that the... I I thought it was interesting. Um, uh, Paul Schrader and I have similar uh, cinematic tendencies. Oh, no. With how we move our cameras. Oh, yeah. Which is not at all. For very specific reasons. Which is you put it on a tripod. (laughs) I moved the camera. I moved the camera in one of my films only when a character was going to die. And in this movie, uh, Paul Schrader, I don't know why. uh, I don't know. it's, It's hard to explain because... 
he moves the camera in, in certain scenes that seem somewhat random. I don't know what the point was for a specific shot necessarily, but it's it's always always in a scene with him and uh, 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 Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, right, right. Those are the only instances of the film where he decides to move the camera. So, in, in other words, that's when he feels most alive, perhaps. When probably he's talking to yeah, her. Yeah, that's that was my idea anyway. What it well, we should describe how it was shot. It it's in four by three. Yes. It's an A24 movie, so that's sort of their thing these days. It gets uncomfortably close to the characters. There's the no time. there's no foreground or or background. It's only like middle shots. Yeah. Essentially. There's mm-hmm. or there's only one dimension. Yeah. So it's like very flat, and when like a character has a conversation. You don't get like an establishing shot of the two of them sitting there. You just get like middle shot waist up of Ethan Hawke and then middle shot waist up of Amanda Seyfried. Yep. And it's and it's dead on and it's not like skewed. There's no rule of thirds. No. It's just person in the middle of the square frame. There's nowhere to hide. My theory about that when I watched it was that that's supposed to be the eye of God. Maybe. That so there's no frills going there's nowhere to hide essentially. Yeah. You're right in the face of the camera. God sees everything you do and is not judgmental but is still always watching. Yeah. And that was the 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 frame and the camera in this movie don't have any judgment of the characters. They're not really saying anything about them. They're just sort of quietly observing. Yep. Um and that I think I could be totally off. I think Possibly. that's one of the reasons, uh, or, or that's one of the the sort of uh, religious thematic elements at play here. Yeah, it's very like harsh with its handling of the camera, and very like matter of fact. Yeah, you know, and and I, that 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 could be what they were going for. Yeah, because again, it, it just it it almost feels like a it's it's funny that you say that because it does almost feel like a like just a reel of like still images one right after the other, and you you are supposed to judge them more harshly than you normally would in any other film, right? Yeah. Nowhere to hide. No. Yeah. Nothing else to look at. You are looking at, you are spending 90 minutes with these characters, whether you like it or not. Yep. And it's tough, but it's riveting. Yes. Like, I remember walking out of that theater, and there's also no score. No. There's like maybe one or two instances. I think the music comes up when he's on the laptop. Yes. Searching about the global warming ship. And then there's a scene where he puts the Pepto Bismol in the whiskey. That oh shot. my God. I love that shot. Chills. I'm just like. Chills. Like if you were to like record my reaction, it would just been like, yeah, whatever. And then at the end of that for like, at like 10 seconds after that, yeah. my, my mouth would have been on the floor. Oh. I'm just like, stop. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> so my buddy and I went yeah. to go see this movie at the theater. <laughs> No, dig this, dude. Yeah. It's a Friday night. Okay. The two of us were hanging out looking for something to do. No one was around, so we said, let's go catch a movie. I hear First Reformed is good. Never seeing a trailer or knowing even what the movie is about. Okay. Walk in, 10 o'clock on a Friday night, empty theater. No shit. <laughs> Me and my buddy alone. You don't Watching say. First Reformed. You know what? It could be the most religious experience of my life. <laughs> I, I like it was just chilling. I walked out of that theater. I was haunted. I couldn't shake that feeling. Yeah, I love First Reformed. So do I. I really like it. Really great. Now, there's no fucking chance it would win Best Picture if it was nominated. Nope. But I'll give that a nomination. How about that? So will I. All right. We can't nominate Mandy, right? It's too crazy. I want to nominate Mandy. Why not? Um. Can we nominate... Well, you haven't seen First Man. 
The more I think about it, the more weird it is that First Man hasn't been nominated. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just because it's a really weak year for movies, and it's a pretty good biopic. All right. All right. Um, you can go with that. I didn't see Beale Street. No, neither did I. I, I trust your judgment with uh, First Man, though. Okay. So I think it's First Man, it's First Reformed, it's Widows. Yeah, we'll do Widows. I don't, I'm not convinced about Eighth Grade, though. As much as I really love Eighth Grade, I don't know if that's best picture material. Eighth Grade just got a lot of love at the Writers Guild Awards. Really? Yeah, Bo Burnham somehow won a Directors Guild Award and a Writers Guild Award this year. Interesting. Yeah, it was not considered for either at the Oscars. That's kind of weird, right? Isn't it weird? Doesn't that like doesn't it usually happen? Yeah, the generally it's an overlap. Yeah, it's it's not even nominated for either one. I, it's it's a small movie, but you know, very very good and effective film. I really like that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't scream Best Picture to me. Similar to Mandy. <laughs> Mission Impossible? No. I think your nominees then are First Man, Widows, First Reformed, Buster Scruggs, and shoot, I think I think Eighth Grade by default. Uh, what else? Hereditary? I'm... We can't nominate Hereditary for Best Picture. We could be crazy and do it. No. Why not? That'd Hereditary. be the craziest Oscar nomination of all time. Hereditary. Well, hey, they they nominated The Exorcist, didn't they? All right, fine. Okay, give us so, a Hereditary. So here are your. No- all right. So if Adam Hall and I were responsible for the Oscar nominations, <laughs> the nominees for Best Picture would be A Star Is Born, Roma, The Favorite, Widows, First Reformed. First Man, Hereditary, and Buster Scruggs. Is that what we're saying? Yes. It's a pretty good list. It's a very good list. That's a way better list than this. A way better. Dare I say the best list? I think so. The best of all the lists. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good list. Yeah, that's how you put do. us in charge. <laughs> we should be the only. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they put leave us it up in charge. <laughs> they leave it up to us for the rest of time. Oh. <laughs> and you know what's funny, Adam Hall? This is a nice tease because next week we actually will be in charge. Next week on this podcast, we will de- be debuting a new format. We're not going to tip our hand just yet, mm-hmm. but it will involve looking into the past and making some definitive judgments about film history. Yeah. And I'm very excited, and I'm ready to have multiple brain aneurysms between Ugh. now and next week. I'm very excited. I'm very nervous for my health. I'm nervous, too. Next week, movie yeah. hopping mm-hmm. turns the page. <laughs> we are evolving, as they say. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Any more pre-Oscar thoughts? Uh, uh, they suck. I may or may not watch them. <laughs> you may or may not watch. You're not going <laughs> to skip out on the Oscars. We'll see. I didn't watch them last year. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't watch them last you year. You didn't watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, I, I, I envy you. I remember you texted me, Deacons. I was like, yes. Okay, I'm good. I can go to bed. Deacons won, and that's all that mattered to me. Got it. So, yeah. Wow. I envy your ability to just tune out <laughs> and be okay with it. The Oscars suck, dude. I'd have a lot of anxiety if I didn't watch. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to miss out. Yeah, I get that. I understand, but you know. Do you want to do an Oscar ballot? I can give you one. 
an Oscar ballot. Yeah, you can fill it out. I could try. We'll post it on social media. Put mm-hmm. it on the sosh. Should I do that? Is that a good idea? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll do that. Okay. Happy Oscars, everyone. Happy Oscars. I suppose. Uh, where can people find you? At some Adam Hall. On the twits. Yeah. I got to start posting lists. Like, I want to do, like, Nico versus Adam lists. Like, Whoa. I want to I post our, my Rocky list and your Rocky list. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should do that. That's a good idea. It is, yeah, versus. <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, the problem is my list is always better. Yeah, yeah, keep telling yourself that. Yeah. Uh, follow us at TMT underscore media on Twitter. That is the best place to find us. And subscribe to each and every one of our podcasts to manythoughtsmedia.com or tmt.media. I love you all so very, very much. I don't. And Adam, until next time. (laughs) Happy movie hopping.